Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Johnson Wax Program with Silver McGee and Molly. of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. they certainly teach a boy in the army to be neat and tidy. There's nothing like a stretch of kitchen police for giving a man respect for little things like keeping shoes shined, buttons sewed on, guns spotless and gleaming. Which reminds me that S.C. Johnson and Son are making for the armed forces millions of cans of a product for keeping those rifles clean called Rifle Bore Cleaner. I forget just how many, but it's an impressive figure. And it's just one of a number of war products made by the makers of Johnson's Wax. Special finishes of all kinds that go directly or indirectly into war production. Many of these are for the protection of metal or rubber or wood surfaces in the same way that millions of homes use regular Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for the protection of floors, furniture, woodwork, and linoleum. They say that in the spring, a young man's fancy. But while this is spring, the squire of 79 Wistful Vista is not as young as he was and consequently doesn't feel so fancy. In fact, he feels loud, uh, awful. So hold your diagnosis for the next half hour and get a load of Fibber McGee and Molly. McGee, what's the matter with you today? You've been grumping around here like a centipede with bunions. I don't know. I just don't feel good. I think I'm coming down with something. Yes, and I know what you're coming down with, too. You do? Yes, you're coming down with a rug out of the upstairs hall and beat it out in the backyard. No, no, I'm not. I'm too sick for that stuff. 
No kidding. I got no pep today. I, I'm not good for anything. Ah, oh, go on. You've just got an acute attack of honesty, dearie. Huh? <laughs> what are your symptoms, Jimmy? Oh, I'll give them to you alphabetically. A, I'm all wore out. <laughs> B, I'm bushed. C, I got chills. D, I'm dead. E, I got no energy. And F, I need a physician. <laughs> Have you got a headache? No, I haven't. The worst thing I got is no pep. I got no energy. I just want to sit down and rest all the time. What's the matter with me anyway? Oh, I think it's just temporary. You've only felt that way for 25 years. <laughs> It'll go away. I think I ought to have a doctor. Nonsense. Go out and take a walk or take a nap in the porch oh. swing or maybe mow the lawn. Well, mow the lawn, she says. You're trying to kill me? Anyway, I ain't got enough energy to do any work. No sleep for one thing. Uncle Dennis woke me up last night when he came home from that bakery at 4 a.m. How do you know he was at the bakery? Well, he was pie-eyed again. <laughs> now, listen, don't pick on Uncle Dennis. He had a great sorrow once in 1924, and he can't forget it. You mean the time his wife ran away with a sewing machine salesman? Yes. I thought she came back. That's his sorrow. <laughs> I got my own troubles. My legs are so much like rubber, I feel unpatriotic every time I take an extra step. <laughs> Look, Molly, call Doc Gamble for me. No, no, I won't, McGee. Doctors are too busy these days to make unnecessary calls. It don't have to be a business call. Ask him over for dinner. We're having chicken anyway. Fibber McGee, if you think I'm going to ask Dr. Gamble over for dinner just so you can wheedle a little free medical advice out of him, what's his number? <laughs> Give me the phone. I'll call him myself. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Dr. Gamble in the medical and loans on your signature alone building. I think the number is 8654. Goodness sakes, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Mert? It is, eh? What's that, Mert? Your mother. She beat the rap, eh? Heavenly days, McGee. What happened? Her mother bought an evening wrap and had to hurry home before it was delivered. <laughs> What's that, Mert? Well, I'll call him later. Thanks, Mert. Doctor's out, I guess. Good. Now, why don't you go out and lie in the porch swing until dinner time or just take a good rest for yourself, dear? Oh, I tried that. Those doggone robins make so much noise I couldn't sleep a wink. I'm just a bundle of nerves, I guess. You suppose I got what... Come in. Well, Abigail Luffington. Hello, darling. Oh, how do you do, my dear? And Mr. McGee? Hi, Abigail. Don't get too close to me. I, I, I think I'm coming down with some topical disease. You mean tropical, dearie? <laughs> yes. Topical means talked about. Well, then he's right, Abigail. He's talked about nothing else. <laughs> okay, okay. Scoff if you want to. Deride. But when I'm laying there in bed with specialists from all over the world conferring in whispers outside my door, don't think you can square yourself with me by bringing over a jell jar made homie. I mean a home jell made jar A jet of jell You know what I mean. <laughs> he does seem a bit upset, my dear. What do you suppose is the matter with him? Oh, just spring, I think, Abigail. Everybody gets it. I went around all day yesterday with a dull headache. Oh, where did you and Mr. McGee go? Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean that, Abigail. Let me tell you my symptoms, Uppy. I got no pet. I got no energy. I want to sleep all the time. Can't hardly keep my eyes open. No ambition. All the time drowsy. My shoes keep falling off. Oh, they're not laced up. Oh. Then, too, my eyes keep watering. I told you not to smoke those cigars so short. What do you think it is? What do you think it is, Uppy? 
Malaria? <laughs> oh, no, Mr. McGee. I don't think so. I think you will always be immune to malaria. Why, Willie, Abigail? Uh, malaria is carried by mosquitoes, my dear. And Mr. McGee is too thick-skinned to tempt a mosquito. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Uppy. You're not just saying that because you admire me. No, Mr. McGee. But I think I know exactly the treatment for you. Well, what should he do, Abigail? Take sulfur and molasses? No, but when he gets up in the morning, he should take 20 aspirin tablets. My gosh, 20 aspirin tablets? How do I take them? Take them out in the backyard, throw them one by one over the roof, and then run around the house and try to catch them. Oh, you think the exercise will do him good? My dear, he'll be a different man. And what a civic improvement that will be. So goodbye. Try and get Doc Gamble again, will you? I feel awful. Oh, all right. What's his number? 8654. I'd call him myself, but I haven't got the strength to hold a receiver. I know. Mm -hmm. You've worn yourself to a frazzle holding up that Christmas number of Esquire all afternoon. Mm -hmm. Well, there's some very interesting stories in it, they say. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hello, operator. Uh, Give me whistle list to 8654. What? Oh, how do you do, Myrtle? Ask her, how's every little thing, Myrtle? How's every little thing, Myrtle? It is? What's that, Myrtle? Your cousin Myra had the hiccups for seven weeks. My gosh, why didn't they do something about it? Well, they didn't know she had them. She's a riveter. (laughs) Yes. Yes. What, Myrtle? Oh, thank you. She's ringing Dr. Gamble's office now, McGee. Tell him we're having fried chicken. The poor lad. I guess he could use a good home... Hello? Is Dr. Gamble there? Well, this is Mrs. McGee. Will you tell doctor that we want him for dinner tonight? Yeah, he'll look good on a platter with an apple in his mouth. Yes. You tell him to get here whenever it's convenient. Yes, he knows where it is. Thank you. Well, his office nurse said she thought he'd love it, McGee. Why, sure he'll love it. Particularly fried chicken. Doctors get so they think the only bird in the world is a stork. (laughs) Gee, I wish I had some pep. I feel like I'd been drugged. 
through a knot hole. <laughs> I never thought I'd ever feel... I wonder if that's a doctor already. Come in. Say, he couldn't hear that if he had his stethoscope at the keyhole. Come in. Hello there, kids. Oh, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hi. Understand from Mrs. Uppington that Johnny here's got the pip, daughter. That's why I come over. Oh, I think it's uh, just a touch of spring, Mr. Oldtimer. He just has a feeling of lassitude. Yeah, and my longitude ain't so hot either. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd drop over and give you Grandma's recipe for a spring fever, kid. Doggone it, I haven't got spring... I don't think that's it, Oldtimer. I'm just sick. I got no pep. I got no energy. <laughs> what is your grandmother's recipe, Mr. Oldtimer? Well, sir, daughter... Been in our family for generations. Handed down from mother to daughter. Daughter to daughter. Daughter to son. Son to uncle. Uncle to sister. Sister to brother. Brother to cousin. Cousin to aunt. Aunt to nephew. And nephew gave it back to grandma, who was so sick of hearing about the darn thing, she tore it up. <laughs> well, I don't want any of your corny old homemade remedies anyway. Put your back on your feet again, Johnny. I don't want to get back on my feet. No, that looks bad, daughter. What does? Well, it's kind of a case when the patient don't want to be helped. Uh... And he just lets himself go to pot, which I can see that Johnny's doing even with that double-breasted coat on. <laughs> Why, Johnny, you've got no cause to give up. You're young. Well, I'm twice your age. Twice my age? You're nine times my age. <laughs> Is it true that Captain John Smith beat your time with Pocahontas? <laughs> That's a nasty falsehood, Johnny. <laughs> Just because a fella gives a gal some chewing tobacco now and then don't mean he's serious. <laughs> Them Indians talk too much. <laughs> what I was going to say is I'm, I'm twice your age. I'm in better shape than you are. Well, neither one of you has any shape to brag about. <laughs> I can still jump up in the air and crack my heels together three times. Look it. Oh. Heavenly days, what a fall. Are you all right, Mr. Oldtimer? Yes, I, I guess so, daughter. And Johnny, uh? you, you keep lying down and take it easy, Johnny. We... We ain't as young as we were, you know. So long, kid. Well, you feel any better, dearie? No, I feel worse. I'd smoke a cigar, but I haven't got the strength to puff on it. You know what I bet? I bet I got the collie. Oh, no. You don't mean the collie. You mean the collie. I do not. A colic is when your hair won't stay down. <laughs> no, that's a colic. I thought a colic was a big hunk of rock salt they put in the pasture. <laughs> well, maybe it is, but you don't mean collie. Collie is a dog. That's what I says. I'm dog tired. <laughs> I got no pet. I got no energy. Yeah, I'm... Hello, folks. How's everything? Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Well, uh, McGee doesn't feel very good today. Why, what's the matter, pal? I don't know, Junior. I got no pep. I got no energy. My muscles are as flabby as ravioli. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. I was going on a little trip, and I was hoping you could go with me. Oh, oh where are you going, Mr. Wilcox? 
your annual pilgrimage to Racine, Wisconsin, to lay a wreath of forget-me-nots on the loading platform of the Johnson Wax Company? <laughs> no. No, I'm going back to my old hometown, Omaha, Nebraska. Ah, good old Omaha. Yes, sir. I played there in Waterville once. Brandeis Theater. Yeah. That was years ago, of course, when I was in good health. <laughs> oh, you and your health. You're a hypochondriac. So what? You go to your church and I'll go to mine. Lousy. <laughs> Used to throw a 40-pound cannonball up in the air and catch it on the back of my neck. Gee, didn't you ever get hurt? No, but every time I caught the cannonball, it took a quarter of an inch off my height. <laughs> Would you believe it that I used to be six foot two inches tall? I had to quit before it made a midget out of me. <laughs> what you going to do in Omaha, Junior? Well, I've been asked to sing at a birthday party. You sing? Wow. How did you know? How do you know what? About wow. What are you talking about? Well, that's whose birthday party it is. Station W-O-W in Omaha. 20 years old this month. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning no disrespect, Mr. Wilcox. I've heard you sing, and that's a long way to go to do it. Yeah. <laughs> ain't far enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. But that isn't the only reason. There's a Better Homes show there, too, and I'm giving a talk on Johnson's Wax. Oh, how it protects and preserves furniture and woodwork and floors and seals the surfaces of so many things against dust and dirt and dampness. Oh. How it saves hours of housework because it makes cleaning such an easy job and how Johnson's Wax is so valuable right now when conservation is the watchword. Well, I can listen to that stuff all day, Junior, if you'll promise not to sing smiling through. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I'm writing a song about how a Johnson's Waxed home is a clean home on account of how it protects against germ-laden dust and dirt. Oh, I'm calling this song, Beat Me Daddy, Eight to the Bar, If You Don't Think My Housework is Up to Par. How do you like it? Well, confidentially, Junior... McGee, it does not. <laughs> Look, Harlow, there's something fishy about this. Admitting that you're a local boy that made good, Omaha's got better singers than you... And Omaha's got a Johnson Wax representative there that can give a lecture just as good as you can give. <laughs> now, come clean, kid. What you really going back to Omaha for? Well, if you must know, I'm going to the Omaha stockyards and see if I can get me a good steak. I'll be thinking of you, pal. See you next week. <laughs> Notice the sympathy he gives me on my illness? That guy's got all the tender compassion of a pile driver. Gosh, I'm tired. <laughs> yes, I know, dearie. I've heard you mention it. And I'll have to admit, you don't look sick, though. I don't, really? No, you don't. You merely look like a, a fellow... Oh, heavenly days, there's a doctor now and me in a house dress. You entertain him, dearie, while I put my face on. Okay. Ah, huh. uh, there's a good kid. Pretty worried about me, too. Kidding me to keep up her spirits. Come in, doctor. Hi, mister. Oh, for the... So it's you, is it, sis? Sure it is, I betcha. What'd you think? I was expecting the doctor. Oh, who's sick, mister? I am. <laughs> oh, yeah? Look, sis, if I wasn't a sick man, I'd leap up off of this Davenport and give you a burst of applause with one hand. <laughs> I'm in no mood to fiddle the paddle with you today. Mm, gee, mister, don't you like little children? Yes, I like little children. But there's a time and a place for everything. And it's time you got out of this place. Okay, mister. But 
Gee, I was awful lonesome on account of Willie Toops has got the mumps, and I thought maybe you'd, you'd tell me a story or something. Okay, okay, okay. Cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> you know I can't stand to see a woman weep. If I tell you a story, will you paddle your little pumps out of here? Sure, I will, I bet you. Cross my heart and kiss the milkman. What does that mean, cross your heart and kiss the milkman? I don't know, mister. My mama's been saying that ever since we ran out of butter a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, now, let me see. Oh, look, sis, did I ever tell you how the tiger got his stripes? No, mister. Well, it's a very, very snappy hunk of folklore, sis. Once upon a time, thousands of years ago, in India... There was a tiger named Joe. A very, very smart tiger, too. A Princeton tiger, huh? <laughs> well, sir, one day as Joe was walking through the jungle, looking for his mate... And potatoes. No, not mate and potatoes. <laughs> Just his mate, Lady Tiger. As Joe was walking along, he passed the village and saw a barber standing outside of a barber shop. A nice, fat barber. Oh. So Joe says to himself, he says, Ha, 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 breakfast. So he sneaks along on his belly, on his stomach. All of a sudden, he leaps at the barber. Oh, boy. But the barber sees him just in time, and he ducks behind the barber pole. And Joe was going too fast to stop, and gulp. He swallowed the barber pole by mistake. And ever since then, all tigers have wore stripes. <laughs> they all wear stripes now to remind them not to act so hasty. Wasn't that a good story? No. Huh? In the first place, mister, everybody knows that by natural mutation, the tiger develops stripes for protective coloration to blend imperceptibly with the surroundings of their natural habitat. Huh? So don't give me that barber pole malarkey. <laughs> no. As a Frank Buck, you're spent. So long, mister. <laughs> Sing Oceana Roll. Back in 1911, Bill was in his heaven. Everyone was doing it, doing it, doing it. Everyone was frivolous and gay. Comedians in baggy pants were followed by precision dancers. Then up on the stage at a slightly smaller wage appeared the old quartet. And in a style you can't Joy, there are 
up on the Alabama, sitting at the old piano, knocking out a raggy rhythm. Everybody dancing with him, rolling on the mighty ocean with the gay and easy motion. He plays that Oceana Doc Gamble is here. Open the door, will you? I'm too weak to get up. All right, Mickey. You just lie still and be good to your arteries. Well, hello, Dr. Gamble. I'm so glad you could come. Good evening, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> Mighty nice of you to invite me. Gave me an excuse to avoid a lecture tonight on the evolution of bone structure in the lesser mammals by a man I went to medical school with. Oh. All he knows about bones your fox terrier could bury in a flower pot. <laughs> You're looking very well, Mrs. McGee. Oh, thank you, Doctor. I'm fine. You know, I haven't had a cold since you painted my throat two months ago. Oh, I'm a wonderful throat painter. In the medical world, I'm known as the Rembrandt of the epiglottis. <laughs> Hi, Doc. Well, well, I didn't see you there, McGee. You're looking very well, too, my boy. I, I am? Yes? Yes, indeed. The picture of health. Oh. And I'm glad to see you relaxing there on the Davenport, McGee. Huh? Keep that up and you'll live to be 120. Huh? You can't burn the candle at both ends without making a double drip of yourself. <laughs> is there, uh, is there much uh, sickness around now, Doc? Uh, like malaria and stuff? Oh, nothing extraordinary, McGee. Uh, think... oh, oh, that reminds me, Mrs. McGee. I might have to leave right after dinner. Really? Yes, I'm expecting a baby. Oh, your first time. <laughs> well, uh, hardly my first. This will be my 1,211th. Enough to populate a small village, a small, noisy village. <laughs> well, where's this fried chicken, Mrs. McGee? I'll have see how it's coming along, Doctor. <laughs> McGee, you entertain Dr. Gamble. Excuse me a minute, boys. Well, Doc, I guess you didn't expect to find me in this condition, did you? No, sir, I certainly didn't, McGee. Healthiest-looking man in town. How do you do it? Just learn to take things easy, huh? Well, that's marvelous. Yes, sir. As a matter of fact, Doc, I, I've been kind of off my feet. Good, good for you, good for you. More people die of overeating than traffic accidents anyway. You're very wise, McGee. Been a lot of graves dug with a knife and fork. Mm. I always say... Would you mind answering the door, Doc? I got no pep. I got no energy. Well, who wants energy? Just wears you out before your time. Besides, no use leaping around answering doorbells when you can holler. Forget your legs and use your lungs. Come in, come in, come in! Oh, thanks, Doc. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Oh, excuse me. Hi, Wimp, old man. Wimp, this is Dr. Gamble. Doc, shake hands with Wallace Wimple. How do you do, Doc? Delighted, Mr. Wimple. Very interesting contusion you have on your lower maxillary. <laughs> Wife, take a poke at you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wimple. Oh, Mrs. McGee, I won't bother you, but just a minute. I only wanted to know if I could borrow your step ladder. Why, certainly, Mr. Wimple. Get it for him, McGee. I ain't got the strength, Molly. You can get it, Wimple. It's right on the back porch. That's the spirit, McGee. Conserve your strength. All muscles are good for anyway is to keep your bones from scratching your skin. <laughs> Hanging some wallpaper, Mr. Simple. Wimple, Doctor. Oh, excuse me. I just wanted the ladder on account of Sweetie Face. Sweetie Face? Your dog? Sweetie Face is his wife, Doc. Oh, excuse me. Now, uh, what about Sweetie Face, Mr. Wimple? Oh, we got into a little argument this morning, Mrs. McGee, up in the attic. She was practicing some jujitsu holds on me, and my foot slipped out from under my arm and hit her in the nose. 
Then what happened, Wimp? If you can bear the memory of it. Oh, she made a lunge at me, Mr. McGee. Only I dodged, and she went right through the window. <laughs> she just caught hold of the windowsill in time for she'd have fallen three floors. <laughs> well, how could a frail little man like you haul her back in, Mr. Waffle? Uh, Wimp. Oh, excuse me. And I didn't haul her in. She's still hanging there. <laughs> this morning? Why, how could she hang on that long, Wimp? Oh, I fixed that, Mr. McGee. I slammed the window down and pinned her hands to the windowsill. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Going to use the ladder to get her down, huh? No, I'm going to climb up on the roof and pull the ladder up after me. Sooner or later, Sweetie Face is going to work loose and, and then, then... Oh, my. Thank you, Mr. Good night, folks. <laughs> Brutal little family, isn't it? <laughs> well, is that fried chicken nearly ready, Mrs. McGee? In just a few minutes, Doctor. I just took uh, the biscuits out of the oven. Better go comb your hair, McGee. Oh, I don't want any dinner, Molly. I got no pep. I got no energy. Maybe you can bring me some stuff on a tray. Oh, no, I'll do no such a thing, McGee. Come on, get up. Oh, don't talk like that, my dear. He's very intelligent. He's relaxing. No, 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 I'm not, Doc. You're not? Now, McGee, you Well, Doc's interested, aren't you, Doc? In what? My case. You see, Doc, I got no pep. I got no energy. Ever since I got up this morning, I've been feeling dopey. <laughs> McGee, you're wonderful. Huh? You've just diagnosed your own case better than a staff of specialists. You mean I'm just naturally a doctor? No, I mean you're just naturally dopey. <laughs> ah, well, is that ticket? Uh, April being the month of showers, it's also the month when wet feet come tracking across that kitchen floor of yours. The question is, have you protected the linoleum against that dirt and moisture with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat? If you have, then you can relax when those soggy shoes and wet, muddy rubbers come tramping in. The linoleum is safe, and it won't be much work to make your floor spotless again. Soil spots are quickly wiped up with a damp cloth. Johnson's Glow Coat is the easy-to-use floor polish. Needs no rubbing or buffing. And in times like these, it renders extra assistance because self-polishing glow coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer than an unprotected surface. Since you had your dinner, McGee? No, I can't say I do. I should have stayed lying down on the Davenport. I thought that's where you were. What were you doing? I've been upstairs. I was reading in What to Do When the Doctor Comes about my case, but it didn't work. What didn't work? Well, it says to take a hot foot bath, but every time I stepped in the tub, the mats went out. Oh, dear. That's what I say. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> of the old-timer and Wallace Wimple heard on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to join us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.